what's up there everyone how you guys doing you can hear the rest of the show remember live on our discord our app insane throttle tv or the replay of the entirety of the show with china Dow in the second half over on spotify and all your major podcast platforms we got the 911 tapes released from fayetteville that uh, sad state of affairs that happened there but first i really want to uh, i got this i've been getting this i'm hearing you guys it's unfortunate that something after an incident like that that you would have a post made on Facebook of all places. Now we discussed that meme that was placed out there, but there was something even more disturbing that was posted. And I decided to black out a lot of the names of what's going on in that post. Personally, I could not believe it. Could not. Since then, the post has been taken down because somebody has a brain that says, you know what, this just happened. Why are you being dumb and putting something like this online? So hopefully that's the way it went. Because quite frankly, yeah, somebody shouldn't be, yeah, uh, unbelievable. Let's take a look at what I'm talking about. This has been circulating, and I finally said, you know what, I'll cover it, but I don't want all the other stuff that I marked out getting out. That way, the cops, they have no way of knowing, hopefully, what it said, but I'm probably, and it wouldn't be coming from me because I got it blacked out, but it is circulating. And there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine clubs mentioned in this post that could have got into some real crap i'm talking rico predicates because of what this post says this is just the biggest ass nine thing i've ever seen the stuff i didn't black out nation is coming for you all just remember there was lost a life down in fayetteville this ain't a game on the internet. This hit the streets. So it was kind of like, wow, when you seen this. Those right there were blacked out. Most of them clubs, all of them, actually, because I've talked to a couple of them, did not even know this was being said online. And boy, they weren't happy about it. And I wouldn't either. I wouldn't be happy about it either. Having your name attached to this. We're all coming, motherfucker. Tell blank, 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 at blank, blank. We have a special bullet for them. Now you're making terroristic threats. Online after an incident just happened. I want you to know who's coming 
So you see who's taking you out. That was made on a public forum. And other clubs were mentioned in it. Major one percenter clubs. Like they need more damn cops to get on their asses. It's amazing. It really is the way people think now. Unbelievable. But yeah, that's about all I'm going to cover on uh, that one. Let's go to this story right here where there was 911 calls that are coming out now. And then you got something like that on air and you're going to get all these damn friggin' media companies. If they get this sent to them, putting it out to continue the story. CBS 17's Justin Moore joins us live in Fayetteville. And Justin, when this is called 911 right away, what do those calls reveal? Well, we know that some of those calls came from right here inside of this uh, hotel here. Uh, one guest says she was so afraid that she couldn't even look out of the window. Hey, Bill, number one, one to the emergency. Uh, Bill, Baymont on Owen Drive. While ducking bullets, a Fayetteville hotel guest makes the terrifying 911 call the night of March 19th. My Jeep might have been shot, and I'm from out of town. So I'm still on the floor. People are screaming. What room number are you in? I'm in 128. Just outside of room 128, three men were shot and killed, including 37-year-old Keith Dickey. Three others were injured. Fayetteville police say a fight among the Hells Angels, Red Devils, infamous riders, and La Familia motorcycle gangs ended in tragedy. It was about 10, 15 bikes. You notice they just said motorcycle gangs, right? And how everybody tries to fight that moniker. But you hear have a club put this on their Facebook page. Unbelievable. All together, it was like literally three cars behind them. Multiple witnesses down 911, including a DoorDash driver who was passing by the hotel. People are outside shooting, firing. Yeah, it's like, pop, 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 pop. And then somebody, pop, 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 pop. And then they stopped and they started again. But I saw like the, um, what is it? The flashes from the shooting. The shooting happened just across the street from Cape Fear Valley Hospital. Even a hospital supervisor requested extra security as victims rolled in. She wanted extra security, so she asked for PD. Now, still, no one has been arrested uh, for those three shooting deaths, but there has been two guys who were arrested for a fight that uh, led to this shooting that started at a gas station just near this hotel here. So nobody's been arrested yet. And you're putting this stupid crap on the internet. Unbelievable, man. I have to say, thank God I'm not around this stuff anymore because it has just got stupid. Won't want nothing to do with it. But nobody's been arrested. There's still an investigation. And you're posting that kind of stuff online. Nuts. Oregon Live. Prosecutors urge life sentences for Portland president, member of Gypsy Joker Motorcycle Club, convicted in torture murder. 
This by Maxine Bernstein. She has been covering this story from start to end. Federal prosecutors will ask a judge to sentence Mike or Mark Decolo, the Portland chapter president of the Gypsy Jokers Motorcycle Club, and fellow club member Chad Leroy Erickson to life in prison for kidnapping and torture killing of an ex-member. They will seek a much less severe term for the men who delivered the fatal baseball bat blows but testified against the club leaders. While prosecutors acknowledge Tyler Evan uh, Priber now played a significant role in killing of Robert Bagger Huggins Jr., they will urge a judge to send him to prison for 12 and a half years, partly due to his cooperation with the government. After his arrest, if he gets credit for time served, he could be out in about five years. Despite the terrible choices he made in June 2015, defendants stepped forward and took responsibility for his criminal conduct. He turned rat. That's what he did. It was because of defendants' extensive admissions that we and the victim's family have answers to what happened that led up to Robert Huggins' tortured body getting dumped in a field. Uh, Pribernow, now 40, pleaded guilty to racketeering conspiracy on November 7th, 2018, just uh, just four months after his initial court uh, appearance. So that is uh, what they are doing now. And they go on to say Huggins, a disgraced Joker member, pushed out of the club in 2014 after he stole money from the Portland clubhouse to feed a heroin uh, habit, was beaten and killed in a shed in Washington State in retribution for robbing uh, the home of uh, uh, Decolo. Now they're describing it as an outlaw gang. Well, they always do that type of stuff. But sad state of affairs right there. And that was one of the major reasons when I was around in the 90s, early 2000s, that when you had a problem with the needle, you were thrown out, put out bad. Because that habit is just, it's the devil's drug, man. Heroin, methamphetamines, fentanyl, all that crap. And it leads you to do some stupid stuff. So it's better just to get you out of the club. To the extreme that these guys did it. What the hell are you thinking, man? Now you're spending the rest of your life in prison? <laughs> See, that never made sense. But it's not the entire club. We always say that it's individuals that do it. And uh, it's just outrageous. Some of the stuff that's happening now. Like you heard, there was 911 calls made. The guy, the reporter said, hey, nobody's been arrested so far for the killings. That could all change, man. And that's why I don't understand why this certain club keeps putting stuff on their Facebook page and no, it's not a fake page. We already confirmed that. So, you know, get that out of the friggin' deal. And if pe- multiple people from your club have access to your account, maybe you should rethink that. 
Because this stuff gets out right away. I don't care if you leave the post of five minutes. Somebody's going to screenshot it and start sending it out to everybody. Me, personally, I thought it was better to take the club's names off, mark out the, the even the club that put it on there, because that was stupid. Because I already know this is worldwide news stuff here. But other people, they might not do it. So, just stupidity. And sometimes you got to say, hey, man, where the club's at where, you know, you're policing your own members. And I say all the time, man, keep that shit off the internet. Keep it off the internet. Because of incidences like that. Anyway, going to the second half of the show with China Dow. Man, we're going to be talking about some karma. She actually has a video coming up. Go over to her YouTube channel. It's going to be up at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Mondays is when she's going to be releasing her little thoughts and stuff. She's uh, coming on to her own, man. She's getting used to this video portion because she's a radio gal. But she's getting over the nervousness, learning how to talk into the camera, blah, 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 all the tips and stuff like that. So we're going to go over to our music break right now. See you over on Discord Live. Link's up there. Go into uh, the radio room. If you missed the whole show, go ahead and listen to it on all the podcasting networks. Bring coin. 
is a have you ever heard the phrase what comes around goes around i bet you have in more ways than one it can be negative or it can be positive when you've heard that expression you've heard a belief in karma the idea is that the energy you put into this world returns to you and some people say tenfold If you engage in positive acts, you will reap the rewards. If you behave negatively, you will face the consequences. Both good and bad karma may be a result of past lives or even your current life. An example of good karma would be a woman in a past life selflessly cared for sick 
often sacrificing by placing others above herself. In her current life, she is constantly surprised by generosity of others. Another example might be hmm, those that give generously of their time and their money to help others in return experience prosperity in either their current life or their next life. A bad example of karma would be a man who mistreated his sibling. Well, in the life, the law of karma demands that he experiences the effects of his actions in a previous life. But they say that if you meet your ex, if you meet karma without anger or hostility, you could be free of it. Another example is a person who engages in evil, which there are a lot in this world. The act will become, and eventually they will become the victim of another's evil in this life or another. Can you imagine? Now, if you really think about that, those that are in, you know, those that have intentionally harmed another person, either in this life, the next life, they will be the victim of that same kind of treatment. Like it says, what comes around goes around. An eye for an eye, I guess you can say. That makes me think. Is the the saying an eye for an eye? Karma? Hmm. Something to ponder. Well, you know, there are instant acts of of karma. I thought of a few. One, here's an instant act of karma. Imagine somebody going to slice someone's tire just to be a jerk. Now imagine that tire, as they slice it, blowing up in their face. Instant karma. (laughs) Kind of instant gratification. I guess you can say payback is a... (laughs) I can't say it on YouTube. That something like that would be hilarious to see. I ain't gonna lie. Ain't gonna lie. That would be hilarious. Or here's another funny one. A hockey fan. All right. Taunting an injured player during a game. Now picture that hockey fan getting hit in the face with a puck. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I just find that hilarious. That's karma. Or how about a thief steals something from a store, then the moron runs into a glass door. (laughs) Talk about karma. (laughs) I seen an incident where a driver of a vehicle kicks a stray dog. Guess what happened next? That stray dog came back with friends and the driver stood by as the stray dog and his buddies destroyed the exterior of his car, literally pulling on fenders, everything. Wow. Guess you should never have kicked that dog, huh? Or here's one that I actually witnessed. This lady. 
let's say Susie, Susie got her bike stolen. And we're not talking motorcycle. We're talking mountain bike, okay? She got her mountain bike stolen at one of the area uh, forest preserves here. Well, within a day or two, she noticed it was it was listed for sale on Facebook Marketplace, okay? So she decided to contact the seller, meet meet up with him, and when she met up with him at a local McDonald's, asked if she could test ride it after verifying 100% this was her bike. Yeah. Serial numbers on bicycles. Who would have thunk? So she verified that 100% this was her bike. Asked him, you know, can I ride it around the parking lot and, you know, make sure this is what I'm looking for? And he said, yeah, as long as you don't take off on it. Well, guess what? She took off on it. Karma. Yeah, you stole it from her. She stole it right back. What are you going to do about it? Report it? Doubt it because you stole it from the get go. Some people nowadays. I think the instant karma is where, I don't know, I find it funny because karma is a bitch. If you get an instant return on what you did, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, you deserve what you get. If it's a good thing, wow, be grateful, but don't brag about it. You know, if you're giving to someone and helping people out, don't go rushing off bragging about how you're doing this, this, and that for other people. Because then, I don't think karma's going to come back at you nicely. Take it as it is. Do your good deed. And don't expect anything from it. Always expect the unexpected. Basically, when you do bad, you're punished. Whether you do, and when you do good, you're rewarded. This is what they call the cycle of cause and effect. Anytime you do something, whether it's a good or bad thing, there will be an effect to it. You may not see that effect right away. You may see it later down the line. Or if those of you that believe in the next life or coming back, reincarnation, it could come back at you in your next life. Like, I don't know. There's situations where, you know, bullies bully people. Well, eventually, there's going to be someone bigger than you, and you're going to be the one that gets bullied. Why I always told my kids never bully people. That's why I'm not a fan of people that bully. That's why I try to stand up for the little person or the one getting bullied. Like, I've always taught my kids to defend themselves, never to start stuff, never to start fights, because you know what? Then it's self-defense, right? My son, big kid, about six foot, over 300, huge kid, but he has a big heart. In middle school, 
I should say elementary school, he was bullied. Well, the last day of school, my son had enough. He did the right thing. He told people. He told adults at school, and no one did anything about it. So the last day of school, what do you do? My son was small then, and this kid was bigger than him. Football tackled him and throat punched him. Karma. Then when they went in, when he went into middle school, he um, rode the short bus to school. No, I didn't drive it. Probably should have. Didn't. But there was a student that uh, was in a wheelchair, did not have a voice, could not defend herself, and there was a kid on the bus that would bully her every day. Well, let's just say, after running into my son, my son stood up for this, this young girl. That girl got, never got bullied again. The bus driver high-fived him and never had issues with that kid on the bus. Then my son's first day freshman year, walking to the doors at high school. Lo and behold, the kid who bullied him in elementary school, who my son throat punched, was was walking in and looked and saw my son, who now is bigger than him, twice his size. Well, let's just say, I guess that throat punch did him good because he held the door open for my son as my son walked in the door. You know, you should always watch how you treat people. You should always treat people the way you want to be treated. Because if you don't, it will come back at you. And in my opinion, nine times out of ten, it comes back at you in this life. When you least expect it. So I'd say, karma is a bitch. Or could it be an eye for an eye, whether it's good or bad? Or it's definitely what comes around goes around.
A black widow she sucks the life out of me Ooh. and sometimes it's not good it's like a midget chasing me that is china now what's up china what the fuck yes you you suck the life out of me like a black widow haha <laughs> i ain't no midget though <laughs> you're no midget huh no <laughs> taller than a midget your karma's coming out later on today yeah because karma's a bitch people. karma is a bitch especially when you marry a bitch that's right you get all kinds of karma thrown back at you uh-huh we're gonna talk about that tomorrow since it hasn't come out yet yeah because uh, i recorded the video before you said hey don't talk about it yeah i'm like uh if my show's not airing until monday we can't talk about my show until tuesday so, so, eh. I do have something else I'd like to talk about. What? Wednesday, we're going to be doing an interview, not me and you, but me and Black Dragon. And it has to deal with losing a loved one to a motorcycle accident and how it will affect you. We're getting into some deep discussions. Man, you are. That's deep. 
Yesterday, we had a really deep uh, discussion on uh, clubs with the neutral zone with Danny, Wild on Twos. We really got it. We really got into the discussion. And it's a good change for the platform other than Biker News. Yeah. Is digging deep into issues that a lot of people that want to uh, talk about. Issues. 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 (laughs) Motorcycle accidents really do have an effect on everybody around that person who died. Definitely. 100%. Well, I went through the experience at 15 with my older brother when he got hit by a drunk. Yeah. That, that, that. It affected me for years. Uh, yeah, it did. Even into our marriage, it affected me. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we just don't talk to you in the beginning of September. No, we don't talk to Hollywood. Uh Uh-uh. Around September 10th, stay the fuck away from me. Mm Mm-hmm. Your ma, too. It's e- it's even 32 years later, you stay away from me. Yep. Not a good sign. All the way up until, mm, I don't know, the 11th of September. We <laughs> just, mm-mm. We got some interesting stories coming from some people. And I really appreciate all the participation that all our listeners are doing for these shows. Because it's the listeners... That we're talking to. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's not like you're calling, you know. Different creators. Other creators or something. No, we're actually interacting and getting in these conversations with them. Exactly. So it's more personal. It is. We had a guest on, or a couple guests on for my old lady slept with my brother. Yeah. And a lot came out of that one. Mm-hmm. How that affected them. Yeah. As far as self-confidence, depression, PTSD, all that stuff. And I know Danny is, uh, he did a video on it. Because he suffers from depression. You suffer from depression. Yes. I don't know if people know this, but most of uh, club members do, too. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, all that, because they're human. And it's really cool to be able to let the, the listeners talk. Right. And try to understand the issue that's going on. Well, see, you know what I get is a lot of people think that if you suffer from depression, it makes you a weak person. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, it it doesn't make you a weak person. No. It, like you said, makes you human. Well, when it comes to mental illness, no matter what you got, it's going on in your brain. It's something you can't hardly control. Yeah. Meds can help, but... Finding the right ones is the hard part. Right. Now, there's all kinds of stages they say you go through when somebody dies. Yeah. And you always have that question, why, in regards to a motorcycle accident. Yeah. Sometimes it's on the rider themselves. Drinking, 
doing drugs, getting stupid. You know what I always hated? What? When people said, well, if I drink or I get high, I ride better. That's total bullshit. Your reaction time and all that stuff is thrown off. Yeah. So it's total crock of shit. But I will have to say that majority of the accidents with motorcycles are because of somebody in a car or a truck. This is true as well. And that's why it's hard to piece everything together when it's somebody else's fault. And worse than is if a motorcycle is involved in a hit and run, which a lot of that's been happening. How can somebody run over another person and just leave them there to die? That has to be one of the worst feelings any family can do. Oh my God, don't want to go to jail. Oh my God, don't want a ticket. Face the facts, you did something wrong. Stay there, don't leave the person. Especially, you have to give family closure. Okay, this happened. Why did it happen? Instead, you choose to run. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes everything even worse for the family after the motorcycle accident takes the rider. It's bad enough that they died. Right. Well, you know something that I've noticed is a lot of people nowadays... I don't know if it's out of laziness or if driver's ed just sucks or common sense is out the freaking window. But when you're driving a vehicle, yeah, you can hear the motorcycles, people. Well, some of them. Don't just use your freaking mirrors. God. Well, next month is Motorcycle Awareness Month. I think it should be Motorcycle Awareness Month every month. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, a lot of people ain't trained to watch for motorcycles. No, it's like, do you not get it? When you're changing lanes or whatever, look over your shoulder when you're in a car, truck, whatever. Or as a lot of bikers call it, a cage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to look over your shoulder. Your mirrors are not going to show you your blind spots. You got to look over your shoulders to see your blind spots. So you can see if there's somebody there. And people don't do it. And I've witnessed people not doing it. Because a lot of times, like, if you're on your bike and, let's, you know, and I'm in my car, I mean, I'll watch how people drive. They, they don't look over their shoulders. And it's like, you have to look. Because mm-hmm, in mirrors, hardly anything. I like that one picture of the semi-truck where it says, if you can't see my mirrors, I can't see you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That should be said with cars as well. Exactly. Because, you know, you, you're dumb, and you're going to merge over, and there's going to be a bike there, and mm-hmm. if you would have just took that one second to look or over your shoulder... Or get off your fucking phone. Or stop texting or stop talking on the phone while you're driving. If you just took that one second to actually look over your shoulder and not just look in your side mirror, you might have seen that person. Mm-hmm. I think it's harder to prepare yourself for a death that happens right away. That's unexpected. 
compared to when it is, you know, expected to happen. I think that's where it ups the level of trauma. Because not only did the rider die, but the family goes through all that trauma of the event. Mm. Does the different stages of death and grief come into play? Or is it more harder to get through that? What, if it's instant or if it takes longer? If it's out of the blue, they didn't know what was going to happen compared to it was being expected. Well, like with my dad, it was expected. But you still go through all the stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think... I think when it's expected, and this is going to sound like morbid, but when it's expected, you can actually start going through those grieving stages as it's going on. I don't think it's morbid. Like for me, you know, it took my dad eight weeks, you know, so I had eight weeks to prepare myself for the ultimate, Mm -hmm. you know, what was going to happen. So I was. It was easier for me to hit all those stages before it actually happened. Yeah, when it happens, you still go through some stuff, but you're more prepared for it. If it's something that's immediate, it's like it's it's such a shock. Well, that's you know shock and denial. It says feelings of shock and denial are unavoidable, unavoidable in nearly every situation. It says even if you could foresee it happening, but I'd have to argue against that. The shock, the denial of somebody getting killed in a motorcycle accident is immediate. And it's hard to get past that first step. Mm-hmm. It's like you never, it could take years for you to get out of that. It can. Then you pump depression in there, anxiety in there, and it's serious stuff. It uproots your whole life. As a parent, it's worse because you always say, hey, you're, you know, as a parent, you go first. And burying a kid, that is unbearable in my eyes. Oh, yeah, because parents, you know, you always say that you're, you're supposed to go way before your kids do. But that doesn't seem to be the case with a lot of situations nowadays. Right. And with me, I ride different with you. Yeah. I ride a lot different with you Yeah. than I would by myself. By myself, man, I'm cranking. I'm moving. With you, I'm like a fucking old lady. i won't ride in a pack with you unless i'm in the very back yeah i'm watching my head's like moving 360 man like a freaking uh well you're more you're more of a you're in the back or you have to be in the in the first spot yeah i don't want to get you you know in the the middle you won't be in the middle And I think a lot of other people do that, man. They ride a lot different when they have a spouse on them. Something that I don't understand, though, is when a rider gets fucking drunk or high with the spouse on the back. How could you do that? I mean, if you're going to do something like that and you're going to be by yourself, that's on you. But you got to keep in mind, you got a passenger. 
And there's no regard for that. No. That means you're and not... And that's you're, sad. You're, that means you're not thinking of others. No, you're just thinking about getting fucked up and going on to the next place to get fucked up. Which is disgusting. And I think that's where denial comes in for family members. Where they say, well, what the fuck, man? That can't that can't be true that somebody was so stupid to get fucked up and now my daughter or somebody else is dead because mm-hmm. of the other guy's actions. Yeah. Or girls. And I don't think people realize that when there's an accident of any kind, the drivers from both vehicles, whether one is deceased or not, they always test for alcohol and drugs. Well, they should. They do. It's like that accident, and it wasn't in a motorcycle accident, but here it happened about a couple months ago, when that guy intentionally veered and took out that truck. Yeah. What kind of thinking does a person have? Well, he was thinking only about himself and didn't care about any others. But you sit there and think about, because he was sober. Mm-hmm. His intention was suicide. But he took somebody out with him because he was a coward bitch. Yeah. I mean, I sat back after I heard about that and sat here thinking, and you and I talked about it a lot. And I'm like... You know, this guy wanted to kill himself. Why Why not go into a tree? Why not, you know... I'm oh, not, very I, and, good point. And I'm not saying do, you know... For kill people, the poor tree. I'm not trying to say for people to go out and do this kind of stuff. But no, it's uh-uh. just It's the situation that happened. I mean, this guy killed his girl and then went, and kill, went to go kill himself. But in the process, he hits another vehicle and kills the driver of the other vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Who was a family man, all that stuff. And he was pretty popular out in this area. I mean, he was pretty well known by a lot of people. And it, it's like, if you're if, if, if that was your intention to kill yourself, why, why'd you have to get somebody else involved? I mean, it's like, you, you just... Well, that's where shock comes in. You just hurt a whole other family. For no reason at all. For absolutely no reason. You didn't have to have somebody else involved, and I'm sorry, but if, you know, this guy wasn't thinking clearly, the last thing he should have been is behind the wheel mm-hmm. driving, but, I mean, that's what he did. You know, since we're on this topic, and, you know, people are going to laugh, because huh. they thought it was the coolest thing of how, did his, how he took himself out. And that was the last episode of Son of Anarchy, when Jax ran into that semi. Yeah. What people don't understand was he was at full throttle. Mm-hmm. And when he hit that truck, he killed the driver, too. He went right through that semi at that speed and the speed of the, you know, the truck. It wasn't cool. Mm. Just like this incident wasn't cool, even though that was fantasy... But it can show you how ignorant yeah. somebody co- trying to commit suicide is. Going right through a truck like happened over here and killing that other guy. Yeah. So the family's going to be sitting there left wondering, what the fuck? 
And that's not something you get over right away. Oh, hell no. Mm-mm. Nothing. Mm-mm. You ask the questions all the time. I found myself doing that too. Where the guy that was with them, I'd ask him all the time. To see if his story changed. And if it did, I'd ask why. What do you mean? He was with my brother. He's seen the accident. Yeah. And you want to know how it went down. And you know you're grieving when you do that. Because you want to know exactly what the fuck happened. Mm -hmm. And did his story ever change? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I remember you talking to him, hell, like, we were in our 20s and you even But still, it kept on going and going and going until this day. Yeah. And I think that's part of the grieving process if you lose somebody on a bike. Mm Mm-hmm. At least that's the way it was for me. Yeah. But others are going to experience different. Now, you ever have the question, because I know I've asked you. Hmm. Being that your brother passed on a bike, mind you, drunk driver, was not his brother's fault. Um, Basically, it was a situation where he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But what made you decide to get on a bike after something like that? It was the love. Because I, you know what, I was actually on the bike the day before he died. He picked me up. From the skating rink, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, from the skating rink, because I was still a teenager. I was in school. I think I was a sophomore. Yeah, you were 15, so a sophomore. So he picked me up on the Jigster. And What's a Jigster? You know, a rocket. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard And he picked that. me up, and we took the back roads, and I never got that out of my head. And then when I was younger, you know, seeing, you know, a couple members of the Outlaws, I loved it. So that's how I got on the bike, you know, even though, and that, that's with all my brothers. And my, see, two, my younger brother and my older brother ride too. And your dad did. Oh, my dad, he rode forever. So it's like, I was always wondering, and I've asked you, and you pretty much just answered it, but it's like, you know, you, you watch a loved one at a young age, you know. He was 25 when he died. Get killed on a on a bike, and then you sit there and go, all right, well, there's your dad, yourself, and your other two brothers, all four of the guys, all end up riding. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow. But... It's a good thing, though, in a sense, because it just shows, one, you had love for, the, you know, the bikes, of course. It wasn't the motorcycles. Fault. It wasn't the motorcycle, you know, and I know you always love being on the bike with your brother, and it's just, if you never got on a bike, I think you would have regretted it. How so? Because why? Because you'd watch all the guys on the bike. If it wasn't seeing them uh, two outlaws and being on the back of my brother's bike, I don't know if I would ever erode. I don't think so because I had other interests. Well, yeah, you had other interests. You were playing baseball and all that stuff. But 
I think you get if I I really think that if you you know it's like well I'm not gonna ever get on a bike because my brother died. No, it wasn't that. But I think it I'm was saying. quite the opposite. I had to prove to myself that hey I can do this, and it's kind of like honoring them, you know, caring forward because they loved it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. Well, that's like those you know that get into motorcycle accidents and. They contemplate whether or not they're going to get back up on a bike. Which is totally uh, normal and acceptable. But I give all those that have been in bad motorcycle accidents, like, I guess, applause because of the fact that they did get back on. Mm-hmm. And they take a lot more precautions. Yeah. That's just like over the years, I would never have worn a helmet. Oh, hell no, I would have never worn one. We didn't, you didn't wear a helmet until up to maybe a year or two ago. Exactly, and that's because, I guess, with age, it becomes different. Yeah. And after all the people I, you know, when I was in the club, I seen killed and going to the funerals all the fucking time. Uh, And then I said, you know what? Yeah, our kids are grown, but I'm going to have my wife on the back. See, I don't mind if I take myself out, but the thought of you being on the back and getting taken out because of my riding or some situation that happened with another vehicle, I couldn't live with something like that. So that's why I think I ride a lot different. And I still fight you about wearing a helmet. <laughs> but that's the way it's going to be. I don't care if you're wearing a half lid or, you know, full face, you're going to wear one. Yeah, I do. I wear one. And then when people say, well, they don't help you, I say, well, at least I'm going to look pretty in a casket. Mm, that's true. That's true. But I have seen some accidents where the helmet actually really helps you. And I've seen, well, one specific that it didn't. <laughs> well, no, not at that speed. <laughs> no, it was too fast. Too Hitting fast. a tree at that speed, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't help in that situation. Well, let's take that example. Yeah. Very bad wreck. Yeah. Crotch rocket. And the mother having to find out, what day was it? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. That her son died. Her son died, and yeah. she has to live with that experience the rest of her life. And 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 that was the first accident, and I mean even car accident, any kind of accident that I have ever seen in my entire life was that one. Well, walk us through the accident. Well, we were actually on our way to Sycamore Speedway in Sycamore from where we were living at the time, which was out in Bartlett. And it was three crotch rockets. And the the guy, I was on one, and the other two were riding solo. Mm-hmm. I was on the back of one. And we were going pretty damn fast down these back roads, which were like about 55, but we were going way faster than that. And he hit gravel on the, like, off to the side a little bit. It only takes that one rock. And you could see him going side to side and his knees almost hitting the ground. And we were behind him, so we're, we watched the whole thing. 
Did he try to let off the throttle or what? Well, he definitely did not brake because I did not see any brake light. Mm-hmm. As far as if he tried to let off at that time, I was so ignorant with bikes. I had that's that's the first bike I was ever on. So it's like I had no idea. But next thing we knew it, he flew off the side of the road and he flew over the handlebars, went face first into a tree. The bike bounced off of him on the tree. So it was instant. Yeah. The engine went flying across the street. The front, like, the bike was destroyed. And it went flying in front of us, which we swerved around. And the guy I was on with and the other guy, you, I could, you know, they were braking to, like, get around the debris that was flying across the road. And my dumbass, while he's still going, is trying to jump off the back of the bike. Because I'm like, I want to check on this person. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. No. He, and yes, everybody had helmets on, except my dumbass. Mm. <laughs> but he was almost fully decapitated. Uh, one foot and shoe was way over there. The other one was twisted backwards. Uh, yeah, not And a you were at the house when the mother was told, yeah? Yeah, we all had to, we all waited there for the cops to show up. And then uh, the cops told us to leave. And we kept asking if somebody was at the, the mom's house because the two other guys were concerned that they wanted to get there and tell her and they wanted to be the ones to tell her. And and it was fucking Mother's Day. And <laughs> we were not the ones there first. Well, how did that affect you by seeing something like that getting back on a bike? Uh, I swore I'd never get back on a crotch rocket again, and I uh, haven't. But on a motorcycle in general? Um, it... You were the first one. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to witness you riding for a long time before I would even get on it, and I remember when I first got on, it was your triumph. Mm-hmm. Um, I held on for dear life. <laughs> yeah, you did! <laughs> uh, and... You, I may, used to make you take me around the block in the neighborhood in North Lake before I would go out on any roads. Right. Because I was paranoid. So, the question that you asked earlier, how could you have done that, I guess you got to work your way up to it. You do. You got to take one day at a time. You know, it's, but it's a sad story that the mother had to go through that kind of trauma, mm -hmm. and especially on Mother's Day. Yeah. Because you're going to remember that all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, it, what, it might not be on the same day every year. No, it's not going to be on the same date, of course, but it's going to be on Mother. It's Mother's Day in general. Mm -hmm. You know, that was her only son. Oh, wow. Yeah. She had da a daughter, too, but that was her only son. The only son. Now, yeah. did the daughter ride or no? Never. Never. Mm -mm. I mean, I don't know about nowadays, but back so then. So th that's something you wouldn't be prepared for. Mm -mm. And I think it makes it a lot worse. Yeah.
Like I, I the shock must the shock. I've seen people go through shock. I waited outside the house when the guys went in there because it was the the officers were already in there, and I waited outside because I didn't feel comfortable going in. But all the doors and windows were closed on the house, and you can hear the mother and the sister and the father mm-hmm. screaming in the house. There's no, you know, in, they were in the denial. There's no way that was our son. There was no way that was our son. And then when the guy I was with at the time and the other guy walked in and basically her seeing them without her son with them, she no longer was in denial. They confirmed that it did happen. And yeah. One thing that screwed me up. Now, you were talking about how the bike and all that type of stuff was just ruined. It was, yeah, it was destroyed. With my experience, it was my brother's front fender was bent down a little bit. And you're sitting there like, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. How did it go? How did it? How, no way. Now that I'm older and look at it, it's a lot different because I was 15 when I didn't, you know, I didn't understand it. Right. But now I do, because he fell and went into the other lane and got hit, too. Mm-hmm. And that's how it happened. If he didn't roll, he would have survived it. So I do have the, like, what the fuck type of attitude. Now, it was different with me if somebody else I knew died. Because mm-hmm. you know me when somebody dies. It's hard for me to have any emotion. Yeah. Because I look at and I think that's affected me all my life from my brother. It's like, okay, I understand people die. Yeah. And it was, you know, and I was real close to my grandmother. My Dago grandmother. Four feet tall, tits down to her knees. <laughs> Wears a Dago tee all the time. Real close to her. But I had no emotion. Mm-mm. So I think that incident has affected me 32 years later. Yeah. Or when I went to other funerals. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of turn into ice at that point. Well, you, you become emotionless. And you, you crying like a fucking river. Not ri- well. Yeah, you did. Don't fucking lie. You know what was weird? Like when my dad passed, uh, I I didn't cry at at the funeral. Okay, I cried during the beginning part of the funeral when I actually had to sing and read a poem. Mm-hmm. But then it's like at the 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 wake the day before the funeral, it was like I was numb to everything. Right. I had I was emotionless that day. Did no. you go to the funeral that you did a guy witness that went down? Yes. Was yeah. it open or closed? It was, uh, he was cremated. Oh, he was cremated. Yeah. It was that bad. Yes. Yeah. His parents had him cremated. How did you feel at the funeral after witnessing that motorcycle accident? You actually seen it happen. How did it make you feel? Um, I avoided the family. Is that was that because of guilt? 
It wasn't so much. I mean, I think it was because I was one of the ones that was with him when it happened. And I just, I felt bad. It's like, you know. Did you feel like you were to blame? Yes, somewhat, because we were all going as, you know, pretty damn fast. Was there drinking? No. No drinking, no drugs. We're on the way to the Speedway to watch a bunch of races. Mm Mm-hmm. But no, there was no no alcohol, no drugs, no nothing involved. I'm just trying to look at a woman's emotional response compared to a male. Oh hell, the day the day of the accident, after it happened, I actually was <laughs> cried for like hours. And what about the guys that were there? Kind of, were they shook up? They were, were they like, they what were the fuck sh- just were sh- happened? They were shook up. And, they, I mean, both of them were, like, really close to him. So, like, uh, I don't, the one guy that was with us, he went, uh, he stayed there. And me and the guy I was with, we went to his house and told his parents. And I was just, like, he, he cried. He cried a lot. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he, it just, like, he stopped crying. And he was like, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't. Hardcore stuff. We'll be right back after this music break. Like a hurricane, I'm ready for Here I am, rock you like a hurricane. 
Insane Throttle TV app on Roku now. Get content not seen on our other platforms. No censorship, no PC, only biker fun and entertainment. It's hardcore. Again, go over to Roku TV and add the Insane Throttle TV app now. Rock on. Congrats, Flossie. I'm passing your motorcycle theory. That's beautiful stuff. Iron Horse will be joining us Wednesday. Uh, he'll be telling his story about the uh, how it affects you when there's a motorcycle accident. So he'll be on that episode is 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're listening to the reruns, that will be on all the podcast platforms. That song right there, I Hate My Life, goes out to all my haters, baby. <laughs> Every single one of you. I think that's what is going on is they hate their lives. You think so? I do. It was funny. Danny called me up because me and Danny talk on a daily basis a couple times a day. Mm -hmm. And he he just put up his new store with his t-shirts and stuff. Had a great design. People came out hating on his ass because the colors that he chose for his t-shirt. I was like, everybody has a brand. But they came out crazy on him. Like, mine's red, white, blue in the Insane Throttle logo. Right. Nobody says shit about that. No. His is black and yellow. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. And Danny was like, man, fuck these haters. I was like, it gets worse as you get more followers. <laughs> yeah, just wait. It's only begun. Me, I fuck with, I love TikTok. Because I get to fuck with my haters. Dude, that last one. I got the clown of the day now. My God, that last one. Nice. It was a good one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You finally figured out how to use the... Uh, the yeah, filters. The, the filters. It's taken me time, okay? Yeah. It's taken me time yeah. to figure this out. So but you, I have the clown of the day now. So you use the Joker filter. Yes. Yeah, so you look like a clown. Exactly. I was laughing. But the criticism that some of these people want to level at you you want to say, okay, go get you a couple thousand dollars, get you a setup, and then you can bitch and moan. Yep. You know, and try it, it out. See how easy it is. You know, I've seen lots of lots of comments. On Even this. you're getting them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't make my comment section on YouTube, though. Nope. You get all kinds of hoes and bitches and everything. Yeah, get the hell off of YouTube. You suck. Yeah, I get all that. And I'm like, man, what the hell? I'm only taking 10 to 15 minutes out of your life. You could choose not to watch it. Yeah, you just change the channel. Change the channel. Pick someone else then. My, mine is one day a week for 10 to 15 minutes. Rough, but they hate the shit. I think it's because they disagree with you, but they can't give any arguments in return. And yeah, so then they just cut you down. That's, yeah. that's, you know, you have won an argument when that happens. Yeah. When it turns personal. I mean, it's like, my, mine are based on, like, a lot of it's based on facts, but it's also based on my opinion. And it's like, just like everybody else, I have an opinion. They don't want you to have an opinion, these haters. No, they don't. And I, I cracked up because there was a couple 
comments that were on a couple of your shows. And I think it was by the same person, but I can't for the life of me remember who it was. But they're all like, oh yeah, anybody can do what you do. Dude, fuck off. It ain't easy. It's pretty hard, isn't it? It's like, what the hell? I'm like, you know, Hollywood, man, he's been doing it forever. He makes it look freaking easy. But let me tell you. Sit, you got to work your way up to that. Sitting there, I'm like, I think, what was that? I only re- I'm on episode five. <laughs> See, I started out in podcasting and radio, so it was always easy. But I had the same hill climb that you did when I went to video. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's a totally different thing, you know, when when you're talking on the radio, like the way we are now, you know, we have each other to feed off of. Or like, I'm in Discord, I can feed off the people in general chat. You ain't got that when you're, when you're like pre-recording like a YouTube video, it's just you At the same camera. time though, when you're doing, a, you see, you haven't done your I own solo yet. I haven't done a live yet. Why haven't you done a solo on the radio. Because I don't know how to use the radio station yet. Me, it's easy just to go ahead and do it for you or show you. But you have a problem even though, even when we're doing our show and I say, okay, take over. Because it's weird. How is it weird? I can hold shows for hours. I know you can. What the hell? I get anxiety. Bad. Dude, I get it bad. I have anxiety. Okay, with the radio, if it's me and you, I'm totally fine. But, like, like even yesterday, uh, when I recorded my YouTube, I have two cigarettes before I do my video. <laughs> so you got a freaking uh, thing yeah. that you do. Yeah, I have two cigarettes before I record my video, and it usually takes three takes for me, for me to be like, like I'll, I'll be like halfway through a video, like my first take yesterday, and I go, fuck! <laughs> and I delete it. <laughs> And this don't only apply to creators and stuff. This, uh, you know, criticism applies to everything. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I've noticed a lot of people that criticize, I think they do it because they want to feel better about themselves. I think that has to be the number one reason and you nailed it. That's just like the incident at your work where a fucking manager made one of the employees cry. Yeah. Because they need to feel better about themselves. They need to feel like they're superior. And it's like, why did you go that far? I'm like, uh, I... I, It's kind of like you're a bitch. I mean, like, I snapped. I'm like, are you serious? She's like, what do you mean I made her cry? I'm like, yeah, dude, I had to go back inside and work with her. I'm like, I had to let her... Go wash your face off and stuff. I'm like... And criticism really affects people. I'm like, you know, when you want to talk to somebody in a place of business, you take that person outside of the where the public is. And you have is, a discussion. And you talk to them like a human. I'm like, there are three customers in the store, and she's snapping on her in front of customers. I'm like, and you wonder why she quit. And I have... You know what? I have to admit I'm guilty of criticizing. I think everybody is, too, in, in a point, in a, like, in a way... Uh, I, you know what, me, the way I criticize, I actually don't think I am, but I really am, because I'm looking at it as a joke, because like you said, you never can tell when I'm laughing, or you know no. when I'm serious and when I'm playing you around. Can't. You can't, 
Unless, of course, you are actually laughing while you're saying it, which you've done that. Mm, but most of the time, I don't. No, and you can't tell when you're just playing. And it's just like there's you. Been... I, I'm playing around all the time when I say, well, you're just getting old. Yeah, and there's... Because like... I know it gets at you, and I push your button. Yeah. Just yeah. like you push mine, yeah, so how's it feel? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and I'm going to still do it, and so will you. So, hey, whatever. It is how we are. <laughs> but but there's, me... there's been a lot of shows where we've gotten off the air, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I fucking hate you. Why are you being such a dick? <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, it was just a fucking skit. You're like, I was kidding, dude. And then what happens? Our son hears it, and our son feeds into it, and then I get it from both of you. It's great. It's awesome with my kid. Dude, he's mean. Hell no, man. That's why I wish I'd get him on this fucking radio station because it would be awesome. He actually just peeked his head in and flipped me off. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, Corey. <laughs> but he has the same sense of humor as I do. Dude, his sense of humor gets bad just like you. You guys are freaking terrible. And it's like... You're the only girl here. Y'all need to live in my shoes one day in this house. It's crazy. He fucks with you. He farts in your face. He throws you everywhere. <laughs> Dude, no, no. That little shit will fucking fart on his hand and <laughs> shove his hand in my face. His little nasty. <laughs> and then I'm like puking. I'm like, y'all are fucking gross. Y'all are gross. I hate living with two guys. I swear. Moving out. Y'all are on your own. <laughs> You go through a lot of socks, too. Who? You. Yeah, because you, between the two of you peeing on the floor by the toilet, how hard is it to get your last few drops in the toilet? It's hard when you got to shake that thing and pay attention. Well, <laughs> pay better attention because I'll go in to take a pee and I'm like, God damn it. Got to change my socks again. I go through like three or four pairs of socks a day between the two of you. And then you end up criticizing us. It's like, come on, <laughs> ease up. It's fun. What are you guys, five? Do I got to put Cheerios in the toilet? Come on. I will. I'm going to do that at work, too. But it is funny to see him continue it. Dude, he does. He don't stop. It's funny. It's funny. Because it's I funny get... until you get pissed. Yeah, and then I act like, and then I get told I'm acting like a five-year-old. Uh, by your own kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all the time <laughs> but I, you've been with me for 28 years yeah almost and you know how i get so why do you get pissed and take it as criticism when i'm playing around with you because i'm sensitive i'm a girl so you're a girl so that makes it no it ain't, it's not because i'm a girl Bullshit. Women are fucking emotional beings. I mean, beings. I, I have, I have, I, I guess I could say I, I don't have thick skin like, you know, like you do, like, like some women do. Well, I had to tell Danny yesterday, I was like, dude, you got to grow into that thick skin, man. But I know it's, it's hard, though. Yeah, see? And that's a dude. It ain't easy. Being cheesy. It ain't easy. Well, I know it ain't easy. But it's like, you know, some of these things that people criticize about, you know, like, oh, get the hell off of YouTube. And it's like, shut the hell up. I don't see you making a YouTube. <laughs> well, uh, it's not even I'm talking about real life, man. You know, for example, if you put a lot of hard work into your motorcycle, mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than a motherfucker trying to go after something small. Right. After you just spent fucking weeks on it. 
Exactly. And they're going to find something. Well, you missed this or well, you, know, I you should have done, done it this way. Yeah. I would have done it this way. Why'd you do it that way? It would have been easier if you did it this way. And then they wonder why they get punched in the mouth. It's like, why don't you just say, dude, that looks killer? You know? <laughs> Instead of nitpicking. Yeah. I mean, if And like they, you I mean, said, they don't asks, feel good about themselves. I mean, if somebody asks your opinion. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead and give your, you know, little quirks or whatever and. Well, That's just is... like me. I'm putting a ton of fucking hours, a ton of money into the boat. Yeah. I make fun of you. And if you come out there and say, well, why'd you do that? I'll punch you in the mouth. <laughs> Actually, I come out there, shake my head, roll my eyes, and go, what the hell? <laughs> I got a rave on the fucking boat going on. There's so much lighting on that boat. It's sad. <laughs> All you're missing is a fucking disco ball. What the fuck? Because I want to be seen at night. <laughs> you bust out of I'm like, ball. who's the boss when uh, Tony Maselli gave Samantha her first car and it was like a big fucking tank? <laughs> <laughs> it's like ridiculous. And I take it a step further on the boat instead of getting one of the, you know, regular winches for the automatic, like a, mean, you know, Minnesota. That can raise 40 pounds. I say, fuck this, man. I got to take precautions. I got a champion that can uh, take 3,300 pounds <laughs> for a fucking 30-pound fucking anchor. <laughs> You're so stupid. Well, what if the, I say to myself, I'm going over and saying, you know, what if the boat gets stuck? Well, I got the winch. <laughs> How good is that going to do you? <laughs> He's got Make you swim and go to the tree. Pull me out. Screw you. <laughs> no. I got a bass boat thinking about putting on a bohemian top. You know, that way I have shade for us and stuff. I'm going do I'm going all out. Oh my god. You're stupid. <laughs> See, and that's the kind of criticism <laughs> that won't happen. <laughs> so what you just said is the same <laughs> as somebody who's worked on their motorcycle for weeks. <laughs> and you come out and fucking say something stupid. Yeah, that you're stupid. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. Just put it. If you get that shade thing, you can hang a disco ball right from there. I think I should. <laughs> put the little lights up like you do on a porch or something at night. <laughs> Motion sensors? No, you know, like the string lights. Oh, my God. What are you going to put like Christmas lights on your shit? Oh, shut up. I should shut up. You might do it. <laughs> you think? <laughs> oh, hell no. Nah. I don't know. I think the boat's going to look fucking badass, man. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> what do you mean it's ridiculous? You're funny. I don't think so. Yeah. But it happens. It's time for Cards Against Humanity. Get your nastiness ready. Okay, what kind of nasty shit do you got for us today? What? Some nasty shit for us for Cards Against Humanity. Uh, I got some interesting shit. Okay, what do you got? No, I don't know. <laughs> this is your favorite segment of the show, and you're not prepared. Because I didn't know if we were going to do we it. We do Cards Against Humanity every damn show. All right. Well, this is good. This I got a good one. What? I got a good one. All right, go. You're riding a motorcycle with a buddy. Right. 
and it breaks down. This is a scenario that's always talked about. Okay, go. Do you give him a ride on the back of your bike? You have another man ride, bitch? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> do you do it? Or do you make him turn around on the back <laughs> of the bike? You make him ride backwards? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if somebody does that, I want video. <laughs> Charlie Brechtel did that once. He had a meme, uh, Good Time Charlie, where he did that. He turned around backwards. That way there was no nut-to-butt shit going on. <laughs> Me, personally, I like the peg trick, you know, trick. What's where, that? you know, you uh, put your uh, foot on the peg and you just uh, ride along with them. It takes a lot of experience to do, but what that's that? it's better than the nut to butt. <laughs> I can't have another dude on my bike. <laughs> that's like a sacred thing there, my bike, and I don't want another man rubbing his dick out all over my bike. It's bad enough when you're on the back of the bike, you're playing with yourself all the time. I am not. Bullshit. <laughs> You're going to sit there and tell me you never played with yourself on the back of that bike. You're going to tell me that. Not on the boulevard. <laughs> There's no vibration on that one. <laughs> I told you, women, they'll actually jerk it on the bike. So I don't want a guy back there. That's fucking insanity. So you're asking everybody whether or not they do nuts butt. <laughs> Basically, if a, a, a if a friend breaks down, and you had to get it, you go to a gas station or something. Would you put them on the back of your bike? <laughs> I'm sorry to say, you motherfuckers are shit out of luck with me. <laughs> your ass walking. <laughs> I'll Y'all... sit there and go five miles an hour next to you. <laughs> No butt, uh, you know, no nut to butt action over here. <laughs> Teach their own, but I ain't Tinkerbell. You'd be like, dude, you got a phone using it. <laughs> you're damn right. Or, you know, if you're out of the way, say, you know what? I'll ride. I'll be right back. I'll make the call. You stay here. <laughs> you stay here with your bike. I'll go use the phone. <laughs> I'll go get signal. <laughs> In the old days, you had to ride to the payphone. <laughs> Not anymore. We got any answers in there? None, huh? No, that means they're too they they they're too afraid to put an answer in. They don't want to talk about nuts butt. <laughs> Chicken shit. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow, guys. <laughs> and that's all for Motorcycle Madhouse this morning. Don't forget to go over to subscribe to our YouTube channel, install Insane Throttle TV's channel over on Roku, as well as go get the Insane Throttle radio app over on Google Play. Rock on until next time.